Welcome to the Harnessing Happiness podcast. Upbeat vibes generated and transferred to you. Now here's your host, Sarah J. Naylor. Hello and welcome to Harnessing Happiness with myself, Sarah J. Naylor. It's great to have you all as listeners. Thank you for tuning in from wherever you are in the world. It's uh, yeah, great to know you're out there. And I've just been seeing the figures and it's over 34,000 downloads now, which is really, really exciting in over 129 countries. Some of you are living off grid as well. I'm really, really interested to know where you are when you're off grid. <laughs> I'm like, where are you? Where are you? Anyway, yeah, so um, just to highlight that I sponsor my own show. So I'm Sarah J. Naylor and you can find me at sarahjnaylor.com and I'm podcast host, obviously, businesswoman, coach, focusing on midlife and careers, etc. Also writer and author and speaker. You can find out more about me at sarahjnaylor.com, as I've mentioned. But now, because I'm really more excited and interested in getting on talking to my guests, we're going to shoot over to the lovely, lovely Robin, who's going to introduce herself because all my guests do a far better job of introducing themselves than me. So, Robin, over to you. Please do introduce yourself to my awesome audience. So, my name is Robin, Robin Harris, and my business is Equenergy Wild Wellbeing. And Equenergy is a fusion of equilibrium, balance and energy, because when we can get our energies back into balance, then the body has all its natural healing processes. They function much more effectively and we can experience greater well-being. And the WILD is an acronym, and we can talk more about that later if you like, but W-I-L-D, WILD, uh, so Equenergy Wild Wellbeing. And I've been described as a well-being alchemist because I come in with quite often a new and unique perspective and paradigm on well-being that is what I'm so passionate about sharing. It's about helping people to understand what's going on in their bodies, because we are experiencing maybe some kind of dis-ease, physical, emotional, cognitive, whatever that might be. But the clues as to why are within how we feel, within our symptoms. And when we know how to explore those and how to read those and interpret those, then we know what's going on and how to turn things around so we can get back to well-being. So I love sharing that. I love helping people to read their symptoms, to understand what their body is telling them, and also to take away that fear because so often we say, what's wrong with me? We think our body's making a mistake, but it's not. It's just doing what it believes it needs to do in order to be safe. So that's what I explore with people. Why is your body doing that? How might that might be actually contributing to you feeling safe in some way? At some point in your life, you made that decision that that's what you needed to do in order to be safe. It's probably now tipped into feeling uncomfortable. But what was the original purpose behind why your body did that? And when we understand that, we understand why and we can start to put things back into the balance to get back the well-being. It's fascinating stuff, isn't it? Because we, I mean, effectively we are, we're energy, aren't we? We are just made up of atoms vibrating at a, at a frequency that makes the physical form. And, you know, it's how we impact that sort of mind, body and spirit. So the mind can impact the body, the body can impact the mind. But as you say, it's an indicator as to what can be wrong. So it's understanding what that body part represents. And you say when you sort of start to understand that it's an indicator, it's not a, 
an ailment or whatever happens it's it's an opportunity to sort of do the inner work learn find it's it's a signpost isn't it it's something that indicates to you well, well hang on a minute why is why is this either stopping me from doing that or what is it what what do I need to understand what do I need to do differently and but I mean yeah tell tell us more of it I mean I, you know we're both sort of very much on the on the wavelength with balance and equilibrium because I'm yeah I mean I like to really focus on the positives and looking at we're talking, you've mentioned perspectives as well. I mean, perspective is everything because it's how you look and view at a situation and how you do so and how you experience it based on previous stuff is how you experience things in the present. But we aren't our behaviour. We can change all of that once you actually understand it, you recognise it. I mean, I think when you start to work in the way that we do, you do, I do, it becomes such a normal thing, doesn't it? I don't know about you, but I, I sometimes forget that those, even just the basic stuff, people aren't always necessarily aware of that and I like to give people credit and think well people do know but actually people don't know so as much as we can make them aware which is what we're doing today with the podcast hurrah (laughs) so yeah do expand further and obviously I do want to know what wild is of course but yeah what do you do then so how do you go about working with people who have no level of awareness of this or I mean obviously I think when people go down the coaching route or any sort of holistic, there's got to be kind of, I always like to think a chink in the armour, that sort of question, that curiosity. If people are resistant, it's not going to work anyway if you start to talk to people because the, the blocks are up and go, no, it's not going to work for me. Well, you're absolutely right, it won't. <laughs> there's so much in what you've said, Sarah, and I'm not going to remember it all. <laughs> Sorry. To to every little piece that I've kind of gone, oh, oh, oh. But to go right back, even in your response to what I first said, you automatically, and this is where it's so ingrained in our language, which is a reflection of then how we think. It's, it's well, it's both. It creates how we think and reflects how we think. But even right back, you said about what's wrong with me. You know, we look at what's wrong. We, we ask what's wrong with me. We think I've gone wrong somewhere. I've made a mistake. My body's doing something that I don't want to do. It's wrong. It isn't wrong. And I think if we could just pay so much more curious attention, not judgmental attention, but curious attention and compassionate attention to our self-talk and just notice what are we creating? Because the word is so creative. Also the sentence, I am whatever, I am sick, I am stuck, whatever, because that creates. I am being one of the shortest sentences in the English language. We can just say, I am. And that is a sentence in itself. But what we then stick in, if we choose to something at the end, we're creating that by how we say things. So if we're saying what's wrong with me, we are believing there is something wrong with me. (laughs) Yes. And that compounds it. That, that, that brings in a fear element. What's wrong? You know, as soon as you say that, just feel into that energy of when you say to a doctor or something, what's wrong with me? Or if you ask somebody what's wrong with you, it's a, quite a judgmental thing. It's a scary thing, potentially. So if we could change our self-talk and just have that curiosity, and I'm currently studying on Gabor Mate's, Dr. Gabor Mate's Compassionate Inquiry, his whole take on that is just so incredible and how much it then opens up. Because yes, there's so much that as soon as you start down this journey, it sort of becomes obvious because in a way it is obvious because we know it on a core gut cellular level, but we've been socialised and trained and taught to think otherwise. And that's the way our society is. And that's what we then are tailored to fit into and if you 
go off on a different tangent. The world will try to steer you back. Your culture will try to steer you back, whether that's your family, your friends, your people at work, because people don't like others being outside of the box or having a different perspective or opinion. And we don't like it either because we have a need to fit in. If we don't fit in, we're still, there's still a part of us that's the caveman. If I'm not part of my tribe, I have less chance of survival. So there's all of that going on. So yeah, I, I think in a sense, you were talking about crediting people with knowing. We can tap into, because I think everybody has it, when we can get back to that core cellular inner wisdom that it is literally on a cellular level. We know it. And when we connect, we just know. We don't know how we know, but it just feels so right. Well, I'm very kinesthetic. So for me, it really feels. Yes, no, well, I, I'm the same. And you're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, I, I recently pulled back from something that I'd been doing. So I, I just knew it just didn't feel right. And, and I, even though I was working at it in a way that I was approaching it. So I was thinking, well, there's obviously a mental block here about what I'm being told to do. But actually, I found it really sort of stressful what I, and it, it felt that I was being incongruent. I felt that I was out of alignment. It didn't match with my values and my integrity. And I knew that inherently. However, I kind of battled through with it to try and prove to myself otherwise, because I was being told this is what you need to do in terms of like marketing and one thing or another. And it's like, well, no, in the end, it's just like, no, it's just isn't right. It's just not right. Because I inherently I've always known it, but I was being challenged because, you know, it, that's not a field that I work in. But I, the, the, where I have always won out throughout all of my life is following my instinct. It's like I remember years and years and years ago working in you know the early days in recruitment and being given all this script. To, to, and it's like, and I used to say, do you know what, to myself, I didn't used to say it to them. I thought, do you know, what, I'm not using that. It doesn't feel right. I'll do it my way. And if it doesn't work my way, then you can beat me up with a script. But they never did because it worked my way. Well, your way worked for you. That's what it was. Yeah, we're so conditioned as well to work from our headspace, to be analytical. If you're not that way by nature, but even if you are, it needs to come back from heart. So what you were doing was working from your heart, what felt right for you, if you want to call it heart-led or whatever. But it's coming from your own, this is what's right for me, this is what resonates for me, this is what's authentic, this is what feels like that integrity space. Because if I don't, it'll be a mismatch. And people, even if they're not conscious of doing it, they're really able to read a mismatch. Something just feels off. And it means that we then feel distrusting and why are you doing that? And I don't know that I want to be a part of that because it feels off to me. So when we can come from our heart, people, even if they don't see the world in the same way, they'll still feel comfortable with that. And even if it's just, I'm comfortable letting you have that opinion, it's different from mine, but that's fine. I'll know that you're being true to you and I will feel more at ease because of that. Exactly, exactly. And I think the thing is, as you said, we are all different and we, we all experience the world in a completely different way. And so therefore, you know, what works for one person, like you said, I mean, if somebody is more technical, if they want to, I mean, that will work for them. And it may be that it works for other people that are sort of technically minded to a degree, but each person, even if they're technically minded, will want to do things a slightly different way. We're not manufacturing widgets, are we? We, we are people, we are humans, we are complex beings. And we have all this sensory awareness 
And there is so much more in the unseen and the seen that when we are we are transmitting that out on an energetic level, people will pick it up. So if we're out of alignment ourselves, of course, they're going to pick it up. But once you start to understand that, and as I say, it was really interesting having done what I did because I felt that it was something I needed to sort of work through. I think ironically to prove a point to myself that I, you know, I know, I know what's right for me. I've learned stuff and the stuff that I benefited from it will pay dividends in a different way. It's not necessarily you get the results that you desire, you get the results that you need. And that's another takeout. I mean, I was just, before we were reading this, reading? Recording this podcast this morning, somebody had tagged me into a post on LinkedIn and this guy has been for like a third interview and not got the job. And there was all this sort of stuff. And I'm going, you know, the things that we are now talking about are the things that, you know, you, you can't, how do you explain all the stuff that we're talking about in a comment on a LinkedIn box? It's obviously not meant for him. So why is it not happened? What reasons? You'd need to let it go and move on and think, well, actually, if this isn't working, why haven't I got this job? Maybe it's just not meant to be. You weren't meant to go there for a particular reason. For You might never know, you know, and it's there's the complexity, but you, as I say, very difficult to convey in a short box without it sounding like you're not being compassionate. Yeah, you know, and obviously I am compassionate, but I also know when people with my background in recruitment, people invariably will find work, but it is actually about understanding. Again, when you're coming back to the body, but it's understanding maybe it's time to think about something else. What makes your heart sing? It's that conditioning and the self-talk that I need to get this job now versus maybe that job right now isn't right for me. Something else will come along because having, you know, an abundance mindset that there is work out there and I'll find it and I'll find the place that I fit in if I listen to my heart and and follow that then something will come along and just trusting that but when you're in that state of fear and I need you know you just can't feel that trust because you're too in that place of but I need it now I need it now because if I don't then xyz and yeah, it just, it's not the right place to be looking for a job from either. It's not the right mindset. Yeah, it's really interesting. So, I mean, I did some work with some people when Topshop went under and they were in that sort of like, oh my God, oh my God. Because it was almost like a bereavement for them. They'd been with, I think one of them had been there with the company for like 25 years from sort of like being a Saturday girl and somebody else had been there like 12 years. But, you know, we went through the course I'd created and they worked through that and they all found because I just you know they're, they're all good employees I knew they would find work and and it's all part of our path it's all part of our journey it's all part of the direction that we take but you know it can take some work to help people see that and understand if they haven't had that knowledge and they've not been open-minded to that because as you say they go into the, it's all too easy to go into that fear factor we're only human I mean I've done huge amounts of personal development over the years and things that have been sort of challenging me of late including you know, I've had a <laughs> Look, this year's been a right one. It really has. Next year's got to be a whole lot better. And yeah, okay. Well, hang on a minute. I'm just. Sort of, I'm getting into my sort of like my spiritual side, my quantum, and this abundance and all of this. I'm going, but then the logical brain's going. Yes, but what about that? Yes, okay, but. <laughs> and then you 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 give up, you surrender, and you go. What will be will be. It doesn't mean that inactivity. It just means release, let go, and. Let's just follow that path. But we're, if we're in that fear space, there's a reason why. And when people have been traumatised, and it's not necessarily the big T traumas, this is kind of what I work with, that when we've had that level of something, and usually when we're very young, because we don't remember it consciously then, we don't, rem- we don't remember it in an analytical way that we can vocalise, it's just part of our 
cells and, and our cellular memory. When we've had that, then we can be those people who are constantly on the alert and constantly feeling anxious. I was one and I'm still working on that. Studying with Gabor Mate on his Compassionate Inquiry, I'm beginning to understand why. and beginning to understand maybe I can change that and how to change that. Because before I would have been very judgmental. Why the hell am I feeling this way? And why can't I do better? And, and he's saying that trauma isn't what happens to you. It's your response to what happens to you. And when it happens at that young an age, when your brain is still developing and when your perspectives on the world are still developing, of course, it's perfectly normal and natural that your whole way of being is going to change. Your whole personality, your whole response to everything that comes into your experience is going to change. And then you have this filter of the world is a scary place. So everything comes in with that filter. The world is in a scary place. It's full of lack. It's full of threat. It's full of fear. Okay, everything I see is going to come through those filters. So I'm not going to see that there's work out there available for me. I'm going to see that I'm going to lose my job, lose my house. You know, I'm going to be homeless. I'm going to be living in a cardboard box in an alleyway. Yeah, and then when you put it out there, it's what you attract back in, isn't it? Because you will only pick up on the things that resonate because you've already set that intention. So therefore, what we put out there, we, we believe and we, we receive. <laughs> Absolutely, because that is our energy. But it, for me, it's about supporting people to go back and understand where that came from because then we can take responsibility for what's happening we can know that oh it's my energy that's creating this it's my projection of my fear and my feeling of lack and all of that that's what I'm expecting so that's what my filters are set for that's what I'm looking for therefore that's what I'm seeing if I can take responsibility for that I know that it's me that's kind of creating this but if it's me, I can change it. Absolutely, because it always comes back to the self, doesn't it? It's always, if we take responsibility for ourselves, like you've said, you can change things. It's, it, when you start to say, it's this person's fault, that person's fault, the other person's fault. No, only you can take responsibility for yourself and for your responses. And that was very much where I was. I was, you need to be different. Yeah, that's wrong. The world needs to change. You know, this, 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 this. Wow, I've, so you've gone yeah. on a big journey, Robin. You've gone on a massive journey. Yeah, and it was making me ill. And I knew, I recognised, because I'd had ME when I was a teenager, and I knew I was heading back there. My world, my experience of my world, needs to change or I don't want to be here anymore. But what am I going to do then? And I did like you did. I knew that going to the doctor, going to the GP, getting some medication was not going to work for me, but I did it. To prove, at least to say, you know, tick, it didn't work. I knew it wouldn't work. <laughs> no. Another, you know, I was that angry and miserable. I was another tick on the... Yeah. yeah, I remember going through my divorce and having. Oh, my mum said, "Oh, you need some antidepressants or something like that." And I didn't want. And I kind of caved in and said, "All right, I'll, I'll have a quarter of this." And I could feel it impacting my body. And it's like, holy moly, absolutely not! I would rather feel all the stuff that's going through me and experience it than actually have it dulled down because it's just it's like, whoa, no. <laughs> and I'm not. I'm not saying that you know. Obviously. Medication is great for some people, but for me it wasn't. Unnecessary at, at some points in some people's lives. But I'm like you, I took one Prozac and lost my car in the car park and thought, I am so spaced, I do not like this. Oh my gosh. No, no, I was supposed <laughs> oh, to drive home as well. Not good. Oh my yeah. word. <laughs> so I went to the doctor, that didn't work. I went to a counsellor again to, knew that wasn't going to work. It didn't, surprise, surprise. But what I did then was I went off 
on a journey of exploration and I'm a bit of a bookworm so I read loads and I read things like um, Neil Donald Walsh, I got into Abraham Hicks, uh, who else did I read? Loads and loads of different authors, Eckhart Tolle, loads of things and I also did a nine-month course that was based on a book by Andrew Cohen called Evolutionary Enlightenment and I think it was kind of within that but it was that quote by Wayne Dyer which says the same thing, of when we change the way we look at things, the things we look at change. That the only thing we can change is ourselves and our perspective, because we can't change any of that out there. It's not within our power, it's not within our control. And that's all somebody else's stuff. And also is the fact that it is somebody else's stuff, it's not my responsibility, it's not my business. Whereas I was somebody who carried everything oh my goodness, I don't need to. Exactly, exactly. Because you wouldn't carry around with you all your wardrobe of clothes, would you? you? Everything that you'd had with you since you, you know, growing up and, you know, through through the years and stuff, you just would not hang on to all that clothing, would you? Or the old food boxes that you, you just don't, you discard them. What's gone before, we, we learn from it. That's the whole idea, isn't it? That we learn and we evolve. Once you understand that, once I'd recognised some stuff after COVID, I, I um, coined my uh, eight mindset methodology, which is acceptance, perspective and energy. I trademarked it because it's like that acceptance of what you can and you can't change. And that's not to say you can't push for change if you're really passionate about something. But these things like when COVID happened, happened you know you couldn't change the fact that it had happened and how it was impacting but you could change your experience of it by the way of looking at it so instead of going oh my god because I've got a recruitment business <laughs> everything's just stopped my income has just stopped okay well let me look at this is this isn't going to last forever let me seize this moment let me do all the things that I couldn't do ordinarily so I shifted my perspective and put all my energy into that rather than putting all of my energy into going oh woe is me because that well, I did try a bottle of wine. It didn't work. <laughs> no, that's not going to be the solution. Let's seize this moment. Let's go with it. And that's what I did. And, and one of the other phrases, you know, coming back to what you've said with Wayne Dyer's quote, one that I coined again was, um, life is an illusion of your own creation. So you create it how you want it to be, you know. And I'm not saying that mine's perfect by any manner of means, but because I have that mindset, I would have to say that I'm sort of 95% happy and positive. And you know that if you're not, if you find yourself in a situation where you're not, I get to change it because it's, yes, it's down exactly. to me. Well, I have, a, I have a wallow, Robin. I do have a wallow and I, I do allow myself those feelings because you do need to acknowledge them to because obviously without the dark, there's no light, etc. and so on and so forth. But I do know that it's like, right, okay, let's feel this. And then like, right, no, I've had enough now. <laughs> This is it. I can't dwell down here. I need to get myself into touch. Right, what can we do about it? Okay, <laughs> bring it on. Let's see what we can change. And men are from Mars, women are from Venus, that famous book. He talks about women getting down to the bottom and because then you can push yourself back up again. Abraham Hicks talks about it's okay to briefly feel that wallow because in that wallow, you know what you don't want. And as soon as you're clear on what you don't want, that's it. You don't need to be there anymore because uh, they talk about these rockets of desire. You're sending off rockets of desire for what I do want. So that's what you go down to the bottom. You know, I don't want this. That means I do want this. And then I go off in that direction. So it's just where we put our attention. Yeah. And I think those points arriving, we can talk about overwhelm as well, because I think when those 
points arrive. I mean, I always, again, liken it to chucking loads of clay on the wheel. You know, we're building up, we're building up. And then suddenly it's like, oh, my God, I'm taking on too much. Da, 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 da. Oh, my God, I can't cope. But it's an opportunity to then look at what does serve and what doesn't serve. Yeah, again, it's just an opportunity to carve away at it and go, well, actually, do you know what? That was working, but it doesn't work. I've progressed. I've evolved. I've This doesn't sit with me anymore. And that's OK. You know, things happen. And, you know, it's all about learning i mean i could never just sit still i mean some oh, sometimes it's quite nice just to sit and sit in front of the tv and just do absolutely nothing but that's not my modus operandi at all i like to be on and doing things but things change don't they as we as we evolve and i love the the kiss idea keep it simple and straightforward oh yeah or i also like keep it super simple so talking of acronyms my wild acronym i then developed when I went on this learning journey for myself, and I'm like you, learning brings excitement, it brings joy, it brings all of that stuff that kind of, it's the whole point to me of being alive. It's the joie de vivre, it's the raison d'être. French are wonderful for these things, aren't they, oh, yes. evidently? Marvellous. Um, so, <laughs> J'adore. <laughs> so on this journey, I you know, knew that my perspective was so important and also that listening to my body was so important. So then I came up with wild, which is wonder. Looking at the world with that childlike, innocent wonder of just, why is the sky blue? What's a rainbow? How does this work? Why does that happen? And and the curiosity that you talked about as well, just that open-mindedness, like everything is new, putting aside all our cynicism and stuff, because it is new. Every day it's new. Every minute, every moment can be new. Wonder, I being intuition, listening to our inner wisdom, or I for inner wisdom, L for loving ourselves as we are. So that real acceptance and love for who we are, but also for the, who we are not, because there are so many things that we maybe wish we were, but to just, well, I'll just accept myself as, as I am and to love that 100%. And obviously that's a work in progress. And the D is dance, because I think we take life so seriously. And I certainly was somebody who took life uber seriously. My husband at one point told me that I'd had a sense of humour bypass, which was a bit of a kick up the butt. <laughs> oh! Oh, wow. So he must have seen some transformation in you, Robin. Yeah. What does he think now? And how long has this journey been going on? Because that's amazing. Probably about 2000. I started this. Well, maybe no, maybe that was later because I started all my learnings. I went and did Reiki and all that sort of stuff in 2011. So it would have been somewhere in there, at some point in there, that he said that. We must have done our Reiki at about the same time then, because I think I did... Yes, I did mine about 2010, 2011. Yeah, somewhere around. That's when I did. I trained to do Reiki and did um, had experience of EFT, ascension work, and journey work. And sort of, I mean, I've always been spiritually sort of aware and attuned right from a child. My auntie, my dad's sister, always had the amazing. And she had Eckhart Tolle. Not that I could, I've never been able to get on with Eckhart Tolle. I just can't. It's just not written in a style that, it, that flows with the way my brain reads. And I've tried listening to his CD. Do not listen to Eckhart Tolle whilst driving. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> I was the passenger. But yeah, she she had his books, all sorts, chariots of the gods, you name it. She had the most interesting, fascinating books on her bookshelf growing up. And she did tarot and runes and astrology. So I was always brought up in fact my mum used to say oh you're more Pat's daughter than mine. I was like, Oh, that's nice, Mum, but you know, I am sporty like you too. <laughs> Mixture. I've always been around it, but 
literally when I, I, I got I left my ex-husband after 20 year relationship in 2005 and then sort of embarked on my 20s in the 40s but you know the, you know, the secret and you know men are from Mars and women are from Venus you, you name it all sorts of books I have read so many books like you a real bookworm but yeah so that sort of that part of the journey was probably around the same time with all the sort of the Reiki and what have you and it, you just learn so much you become so attuned but anyway so I'm going I'm digressing so I want to know about your journey well, the D <laughs> to finish the D D is for dance because I think if we could just view life as a dance that we can take a few steps in this direction a few steps in this direction the tempo might change the music might change sometimes it's upbeat sometimes it's more of a challenge but that's all it is it's just a dance and it will change the tempo will change again the music will change again the direction will change but Life just leads us where it will. And if we go with it, it's so much easier. We won't get our toes trodden on quite so often if we go with it. Going with the flow. Absolutely. Go with the flow of the music. I do. I love that. And also, it's also very good for you to have a bit of a boogie in the kitchen on the radio or music being on. Gareth and I often dance. The music was on at the weekend. Okay, yeah, come on then. Let's <laughs> silly moment and it's just like it's really good for the soul it really is it is so I put it together as wild because I draw on nature so much in the work that I do and I work with people and with animals as well and they have so much to teach us I think anything that we explore with that those eyes of wonder and just curiosity that you mentioned before and just that open mind is ah there is so much within that that we can learn so nature you know, there's loads of metaphors in there that we can take and learn from, loads of teachings about balance and how to listen to your body and do what you need to do at the season that you need to do it. The fact that there are seasons that ebb and flow and yeah, so much. But we are we, but we are part of nature and that's so true. One of the channelings that I had through uh, two or three years ago now, some work with I was doing with Julianne Hart, who had a huge amount of work with, came through and it was, re- it was really fascinating. I've still got stuff to do with it, but it's very much, you know, about sort of seeding and weeding and feeding and sort of going with that flow and sort of treating ourselves and how we are and our thoughts and everything that we do with that sort of mindset that, you know, and like the acorn is always going to be the oak tree. So you are always going to be who you are, but it's about nurturing yourself, looking after yourself. And as you said, going with the the seasons as well and really falling in. I mean, we had a, a brief chat before we started recording and we were talking about how we were feeling about the seasons because right now we're, it's, we're recording this on the 20th of um, December, which is a day before the um, the winter solstice, which is going to be the shortest day. And it's getting, the days are really short here in Blighty. And I like the daylight. And as soon as I know that we're going to, we're heading back towards longer days again, I'm, I'm going to be much more happy. <laughs> I know that the mornings are going to get a bit lighter. It's almost like we've got all that energy in the spring and the summer but in the in the autumn acknowledge that we are sort of laying down those sort of you know getting the ground ready to sort of sit and to rest and rejuvenate and then we can sort of we can take that time to hibernate and not do as much at full pelt that we will be doing in the spring and the summer and if we follow that flow through our lives and business we are in flow with nature because we are nature it can be obviously fitting in with the season of the year the time in which we're living but just our own seasons so where am I right now am I needing a bit of winter pulling back in resting recharging or am I up and go and I've got loads of energy to put out am I feeling creative am I feeling that this is a time to grow 
Or am I feeling that this is the time actually to harvest some of the things that I've already been growing, that I've seeded, nurtured, and now they're ready, the fruit is ready? No, absolutely. And it is, like you said, it's it's feeling into yourself. Like this morning, I would have loved to have gone for a run, but this, as much as it's a beautiful day, I equally, I've got a lot of things, but on those last few days before Christmas, there's bits of work stuff that need to be sorted out. And it's just like... No, Sarah, just you don't need just do the bits that need doing. Don't push anything. Let's just get through the next few yeah, the next few days, get through the Christmas break and then we can start to because there's always so much more, isn't there? We always have to consider I mean it's I, <laughs> didn't even realise you know what time of the year it was and because of the postal strikes in the UK that it was too late to post the Christmas card so I didn't end up buying the ones I was due to buy because I knew I couldn't post them so <laughs> it just doesn't matter I'm leaving personal voice notes for people instead. So, you know, things change and it's just coming back to that perspective. It's looking at it from a different angle and doing things differently. And actually people really appreciating the voice notes rather than perhaps a Christmas card that might end up in landfill. So if we keep on doing the same thing, we're going to get the same results, aren't we? And possibly not get any results at all because the world has changed. The world has shifted. The world has moved on. If I'm still sitting in my little corner doing my little thing, I'm doing it for myself if the rest of the world has moved on. Exactly. So keeping your eyes open and being aware and tuning in. And like you said, it's, well, you've, you've quoted me back as curiosity, but that's wonderment. Like you said, it's just like, wow. And it is, I get excited about life, but I, I, I'm fascinated with how much you, you've obviously changed. And uh, so coming back full round to your husband, what does he think to you, <laughs> how you are now? He's going... This isn't the woman I married. <laughs> Where's she gone? <laughs> well, the reason he was saying about the sense of humour bypass was because he was saying, you are currently not the person that I met because you had more life about you then. And I'd lost the sense of humour and gone down into some dark pit. But I think now our lives are just so completely different. We were living in Bristol in the suburbs and now we live out in the countryside in Wales. Yeah, yeah. We have so much more open space around us, so much more greenery. We have animals now, which we I don't think we had at that time at all. And then we had a cat. But I I am just... And he says things like, you go out in the rain and you kind of come alive. What what is that? Whereas for me... (laughs) Yeah, because he just, it's raining, I don't want to go out, I don't want to look outside, I don't want anything. But for me, I've realised, because I was somebody definitely, you look outside the window and it's grey and it's raining, you think, no, no, I'll, I'll I'll just stay at home today, I'll just stay where it's warm and it's dry. But having come here and having animals that are horses, we've got outdoor animals, so I go out to feed them. And I've suddenly realised I don't mind the weather. If it's raining, that's fine. I just wrap up warm and dry and it's much better actually you realize when you go well here it's it's the sound of it from inside the house is so much worse than what it is actually when you go out and when you're outside in it you're you you, as you said you're energized i mean there's so much oxygen when it's raining i have to say you know i don't mind being out in it when i go for a run you know if it is absolutely tipping it down i won't go out for a run as it's tipping it down because wearing glasses you know you just get it's rained it gets steamed up and you're wet and but if i'm out and it rains i don't care I, i don't mind i mean at the weekend we were doing a trail run and was wading through icy cold brooks you know because it was like it was minus one or minus two degrees and there was big wedges of ice at the side as we were getting out going holy moly no wonder it feels so cold but yeah it's just you like you say you feel alive and i would far rather be doing that although i say this morning i didn't go out for them because i've got to do these things but when i go out 
you get onto the, you get into the countryside and you get into the onto the fields and the, the places that are away from all the built up away from all the tarmac you're in nature you feel it you breathe it and the beauty of the views and the scenery and just yeah it's just, just and I you know I feel very lucky that I do live on the cusp of the countryside and I will be making it more sort of countryside led in the future but you get the colors of nature you get the signs of nature if you're able to run either in a park or in the countryside but also you get movement so whether you're running or walking you're moving around rather than sitting in a chair which is so not good for us it's not what our bodies are designed to do you get natural light which is so important in order to get good rhythms day rhythms and be able to sleep well at night all of that stuff you get away from the screen which so many of us are just glued to these days and and you get away from all that technological vibration and energy and you get you know there's just so many benefits and I realise now having those benefits balances out much better the time that I am spending on screen because I do quite a lot of my work remotely. And I just feel so much better. I feel healthier. I feel fitter because I'm walking around and I'm getting the fresh air. And even being out in the elements, it does, it, it makes you realise I am alive. I'm not just existing. I'm not just plodding from one day to another it also helps you to realize the resilience that you have so like you you know it's like doing the Wim Hof or the challenges that people do because you suddenly realize and all these people are getting into this wild water swimming and sea swimming in the winter and stuff do that as well <laughs> because it makes you realize I can do this I have this strength within me I have the capacity I'm not just because I you and I said before I was so miserable, I was in victimhood, most definitely. And just, I, I'm too small, I can't do anything. I have no power, I have no influence, I have no agency in my life. Whereas now, I feel completely the opposite. And it feel you know, just the feel you think when you're in that place. Nothing's going to change. It's never going to get as good as you wish it could be, even though you don't, well, I didn't really know what that meant. But I just thought, you know, it's never going to change. It's only going to maybe tiny little change and it's not going to feel any different but even the small changes do actually feel huge because it's that perspective again you might just shift slightly and the whole view changes and do you know what it's often the smallest things that make the biggest difference and even we, we, we started off talking about sort of language and semantics and how you speak to yourself how your thoughts are playing in your mind and even when you're writing one of the things that I learned early early on you know, like the, the, the subconscious doesn't recognise the negative, so it's important to actually feed it with, with positives. So therefore, when I, even when I'm writing, I'm going, I don't want, oh no, actually, I don't want to, I don't want to. Let me, how can I reframe that? How can I rephrase it? How can I reword it so that I'm, I'm actually focusing on a positive statement rather than a negative statement? Try it. Just try looking and thinking differently, slightly, and just reword stuff and take on board all the things that Robin's been saying. Because And get out in nature. Yes, go on. I love nature. I'm just sitting here recording this. I'm real, really lucky. Looking at blue sky, my garden. There's a couple of pigeons on the hedge, on the fence, and there's always usually a squirrel bouncing about, you know, and <laughs> just like it's just like watching it and being beauty. And it's green. And there's the sun's coming down. It's you, there's so much to be grateful and thankful for. And I'm thanking Robin for being an awesome guest. Thank you so much, Robin, for sharing so sharing so much as well. <laughs> How do people get in touch with you? How do they, where do they find you? Thank you, Sarah. It's been great being here. I love chatting with you because we could, we could just go on forever, couldn't we? Uh, so my um, website is equenergy.com and that's E-Q-U-E-N-E-R-G-Y.com. 
And if you go to the second tab along is Let's Connect. And there's my email, my WhatsApp, there's a form. And you can also book in a Zoom call with me there if anybody would like to have a chat and to know more. I'm on Facebook as Equenergy Wild Wellbeing. And I also have a group. You can find that on the Let's Connect tab too. It's called Wild Wisdom Wellbeing. And I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram. Awesome. So people should be able to find Robin. And Robin is with a Y. So it's R-O-B-Y-N. Harris. So fabulous. Thank you again, Robin. And thank you all for listening. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please do rate, review, follow, subscribe, do whatever you do with your podcast platform because it's it's downloadable everywhere. (laughs) And if you'd like to get in touch with me, as I said at the beginning, it's sarahjnaylor.com. So thank you again um, for listening. Thank you again, Robin. And to everybody, have a wonderful rest of the day, week, month, year, whatever it is you're doing, wherever it is. And Enjoy your life and look at the look at it with with wonder. Trust your instinct, and your intuition. Love yourself and dance with life. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Harnessing Happiness podcast with Sarah J Naylor. If you took value from the content, please follow the show on your podcast app. And to find out more about Sarah's ape mindset, visit sarahjnaylor.com. That's sarahjnaylor.com. <laughs>